Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back, Scarleteers, to the Scarleteers podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Lindsay. And today we have a very special episode. It is our second anniversary. This is two years of the podcast. Can you believe it, Lindsay? I can't. If you'd have told me two years ago that we would still be here, I'd be like, really? I know. I know. So it is our second anniversary episode, and we have a very, very special guest. It is the Duke himself, William. Welcome, Stuart Martin. Yeah. Hello. Hello, hello. And congratulations and happy birthday on your two-year anniversary. That um, that that makes me feel older and the show older. You know. Yep, it's two years. Yeah, I know. Um, well, they did it just before season two started filming. Wow. Yeah. God, that, yeah, that really does age. I mean, that's that's crazy. And now we're on four. Yeah, four is coming up sometime to come. soon. To come. Yeah. To come. Yeah. Well, well, congratulations and thank you so much for all your amazing, uh, amazing podcasting and. It's so, you know, it's such a lovely, like, in-depth look at the show, and it's it's really lovely. As I was saying to you before, it, you know, there's loads of stuff in there that I'm like, oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. You know, so it's really lovely. It's a totally, you know, different angle sometimes as well. So it's fantastic. So thank you. It's really thank nice you. Team Scarlet don't think we're completely nuts. <laughs> You're kidding me. Come on. You're the Scarleteers. Scarleteers oh. podcast. <laughs> thank we're, you uh, for indulging you. us in our hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, to, to have, to, you know, to have a, a, a show that is, uh, is loved enough by people that, that, um, you know, that you've got the Scarleteers. I think is um is amazing you know it's such a lovely thing because it's such a um really devoted passionate uh, group of fans so we're incredibly lucky and we recognize that it's a really lovely lovely thing so I genuinely um um I'm, we're, we're sort of in, indebted to you it's a really lovely thing because so often you do shows and that's not the case so it's lovely that you guys love the show as much as we do and are um, as as sort of invested in it as we are. Thank you. Thank definitely you. invested. Definitely invested. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's been a while, but obviously filming moved from Ireland to Belgrade um, two years ago now. So how was that? And do you have a favourite memory from filming in Belgrade? Oh, I've got I've got lots. I've got I've got so many like beautiful memories from uh Belgrade and Dublin and I think the really cool thing with uh shifting it to Belgrade was that you you know you do um a show and then hopefully you get to do more seasons of that show and uh we we got to do that and then we sort of got to shift the location of it and and move it to not just a different set but a, a totally different country and a vastly different country and different city with a whole different feel but I, I was amazed by how the show felt the same you know it, it, it I, I couldn't believe that they recreated those sets and those worlds um 
that they had um, built and inhabited in in Dublin, and they were all real locations. We we were in um, a sort of disused nunnery for uh, or, or part of a nunnery for Scotland Yard, I believe. Someone's going to correct me on that. Probably one <laughs> of you guys. But I remember, you know, the building, and that was um, down the Irish coast. Um, and then we were, you know, we did about a week of 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 um, set stuff, you know, backlot stuff. And the rest of it was all locations on the streets of Dublin and, and all these amazing locations. So when we moved it to Serbia, you know, there there is no um, British sort of architecture in Serbia or not much. And of course, you've got the European architecture. But the, the idea of moving it to Serbia just was like, wow. And we turned up, and uh, me and Kate got there, and 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 um, saw Rach and Ben and Patty, and we uh, and and uh, met up with Steve, the director, and I think we might have got there a week before, and we were just outside of Belgrade. It was summer, the middle of summer, you know, August, and it was thirty six, thirty seven, <laughs> thirty nine, forty degrees in Belgrade and this studio that they had been building for us I mean it's an amazing amazing place I sort of get goosebumps um thinking about it they had all of those sets Scotland Yard Eliza's house Eliza's office all built um and uh and you know the paint colors matched the the wallpaper the floor you know and you're matching someone's house Eliza's house in Dublin was uh you know a tiled floor and, and Scotland Yard was this tiled floor that was a hundred years old or whatever and they matched all those they got the designs and they and so everything was I, I mean it was amazing I remember chatting to Rachel about it and walking in to Scotland Yard and she'd said to me I honest I feel like I was there back in Ireland and when I walked in all the lights were off and I sort of went in to have a peek at the studio by myself and I was like oh my gosh you're standing in that middle sort of thoroughfare that you see so many scenes and I was like it's, it's the same, and then you step behind this door, and you're like, "Oh, it's a set," but it's a weird feeling because it it sort of feels like deja vu. It literally takes you back when everything around you is the same as it was, but you're in a different um, city. So, I mean, the work that they did on season two to to get that to move the whole set was like nothing short of a miracle. It was phenomenal, and um, the team that did that over there were amazing. And then the you know. You would you would see the back lot. We went onto the back lot. We weren't filming on that for a few weeks, and that was all the exterior London stuff. And it, you know, I, I did a video then. That was a week before we started filming, and it was just a wooden carcass. And you know, every day you'd go back, and these guys and 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 and, and women were transforming this thing. And within three weeks, by the time we came to to film on it, it was totally done, and it was perfect. Um, and they just keep adding to it and making this sort of world bigger and, and little back streets. So I find it amazing. It's what I love about being an actor. It's why I wanted to be an actor. That that sort of just being a kid and playing, I really love it. I love those sets. And my son loves those sets. He's like, where do we go back to, to Serbia? I want to go on the set because it's amazing, you know. It must feel like, yeah. like a completely different world because it is so Victorian and... I know when we when it kind of was said that you guys were moving the production, we were like, "How's that going to work? Like, how are I they going to? That set doesn't exist. It's not like you can put it into a container and ship it somewhere. It's a real building." And 
I don't think any of us have ever gone, oh, that looks a bit weird. No, you, and it, it, it's, it was seamless. It, I mean, honestly, it was. I've I, I've never seen anything like it, you know, because those sets, like you say, they weren't um, they weren't sort of builds. It wasn't like yeah, a modern uh, office or anything that you could sort of rebuild. I it it was phenomenal what they did and how they did it to to sort of um, get the show running and, and allow it to keep running. Um, because a lot of those sets, I would imagine, uh, from season one, we were, you, you know, so often you're uh, on shows, you're sort of going in and using that building over there, this disused whatever church. And, you know, it's, it might be disused this year, but next year is, is then being developed or whatever. You know, these buildings are sort of sat um, in a sort of no man's land. And, you know, I wonder how many of the locations for season two we would have been able to use. So it was a necessity to go, we want to keep this world the same. The buildings and, the you know, uh, Scarlett's, uh, Eliza's office, Scotland Yard, they are um, characters in themselves. And are we going to move Scotland Yard next season? Or do we just move <laughs> Scarlett and the Duke and build these I mean, I cannot tell you walking around the sets, uh, you know, and the even matching of things like you know, the Duke's desk, which, we, you know, I've got very attached to, or Duke's chair or his whiskey bottle and all these things. Um, you know, a few of them, they couldn't be sourced over there. So they were, they were brought over. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I mean, it is really genuinely amazing. Um, and it's sort of, you, we've got sets that one day will be used for, um, you know, uh, one of the sort of episodic things, Casey's set, and then you'll walk in and, and the sort of genius of this wall is moved out, it's all redone, it's all repainted, that fireplace becomes this, and they completely change the walls, and it's a brand new set. I mean, I've genuinely never seen anything like it, and how they reuse stuff, nothing's wasted. I've been on productions before where they'll build a set, we use it for two days, and this thing is a palace and then it's kind of ripped down and it ends up in a skip but with scarlet it's really smart it's really in, ingenious use of, of um of everything mm. i think steve said that um one set was used 20 different times and i don't think we've managed to pick it out it's, it, <laughs> it's what amazes me that it's not the same room i mean uh i'm thinking of um Arabella's drawing room and Arabella's house. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that was used as. I can see so that that middle wall where the arch is. Um, you know, there's two sort of rooms. There's one that's got deck, and then there's one that's got the sofa, and then there's a big arch in the middle. Yeah. Well, that was a wall in the middle, and then you know nothing was the same. And then they knock out a new fireplace. So actually, the rooms were completely different. It wasn't like they're redressing. Uh, sets you know they were literally changing the bones of them in a really smart way so it means that you can never quite uh spot them and I, I really love that I was always going wow that's amazing what are you do now you're moving <laughs> what where God, that, you know and I I really love that and I have to say one of my I'm waffling on but one of my favorite favorite bits is you know, they had the backlot street and sort of Eliza Street. And then next to that, kind of behind it, behind Eliza's house, 
you have uh, sort of Slum Street, which is the more the, the not so upmarket street, and uh, it's during season two. You know, there was passages between, but they're obviously you know they're just stud work and woodwork, and then you start to see them being joined up, and there was a little alleyway, and then there was another. You came behind, and there was a little sort of concealed uh close you know a little sort of thing of houses a little tiny square and i was like god it's getting such amazing personality everywhere you sort of looked just walking around it they created these amazing filmable um little spots little alleyways and i think that's where um you know you know you see so much of that in the show we don't want to just see the big streets and the, you know, and the, the horse-drawn carriages going by. We want to sort of see the underworld behind that because so much of the show has that danger in it. Um, so I found those little spaces really fascinating and they got used so much. It sounds like a wonderland to go and like just wander. It really is. I would, just, it really I would is. get lost yeah. there for days and be happy about it. It is. It, I mean, it's totally like that. They, they really need to, they should do set visits and cause it is. <laughs> well, I mean, Lindsay and I will be the first two to, to sign up for a set visit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We, might, we, we must do like a competition or something and, um, do a set visit because yeah. it, it is really amazing, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on from filming and let's talk about our favorite subject, William. So what was your first impression of William when you got the script for episode one? And then how do you think he's evolved over the seasons? Well, my first impression, I mean, this is, this is, uh, genuine when I, when I read the scripts, because you get, you get a lot of scripts and uh, as an actor and you're sort of reading them and, and within that first page, I was just like, I got to the end of the first page of the first episode. You know, two minutes of reading, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is this really special." And from that moment, I was desperate to to be involved. And you know that that's Eliza's um, um, being introduced and uh, her walk down the street, and uh, and then having the the, the fight with the one-eyed woman. Um, and I just got to the bottom of the page, and 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 I was just totally gripped, and it was. Because of Rachel's writing, I mean, she's a phenomenal writer, a genius. Because of the style of how she wrote it, it, you know, it was each scene has this, like almost a gag or a snap out, or there's just always something fun, and that's all there in the writing. Each scene finishes with something, you know, a little Mm -hmm. wink, um, a little little one-liner, a snap out, and I just was like, ah. This is so different from any sort of Victorian uh, drama or um, or period drama or even any cop show. It was just effortlessly cool and funny and sharp. And uh, so from that first page, I mean, genuinely, I was like, oh, my God, right. And then I read, I think I the first two eps that I read. And um, I just loved it. I, You know, what, what did I love about William? I think I of how he differs from other characters that you get as an actor um, is, is something about the fact that he says it how it is. He is unapologetic and the writing is unapologetic for him. He, so often you might, you might get characters that, oh, we can't quite say that. We can't quite do that. 
he can't well he can't be the bad guy or or there's a worry of him being the bad guy or if he treats mm-hmm. Eliza like that or he treats this person like that or he says this um because he's um you know one part of the title role or he he needs to we just need to make him likable and I love the fact that there was kind of free reign um I mean it's there in Rachel's writing anyway but to sort of go yeah he is angry here and he is he is grumpy and don't worry we'll get it back he can tell Eliza how it is he can say something that's you know I'm not saying it's okay but he might be um rude or what but we understand why he's like that and I love that sort of it was like a bull in a china shop, emotions mm-hmm. on his suit. You know, and I think that we don't often see that now. They've, you've sort of got to be a foil in some ways to the other character or whoever the sort of lead is. And I love that he got to be himself genuinely and he, and he sort of wasn't a foil to anyone, you know. And I think all the characters are like that. We get to sort of see their genuinely three-dimensional. People talk about characters three-dimensional, but they genuinely are. You get to, they get to make mistakes, real mistakes. And hopefully the audience sort of goes with that and goes, ah, oh, I hate him in that episode. Or why was he like that? Why did he treat it like that? You know? And you, but then you sort of go deeper and you recognize, um, or hopefully your opinion is that, do you know what? He's a good guy and I see why he did that. So that, I mean, really is what I loved about him. And you don't, you really don't get that a lot. He definitely you... kind of grows, doesn't he? Throughout, yeah. certainly throughout season one and then into two and three, he definitely grows and, and he's not quite so grumpy and shouty, which is nice. Yeah. And, and we sort of, I, I, I really agree. And that was a, um, cause you're figuring out the, you're sort of figuring out the character. You really, you know, I've always felt him. And, and the thing is, um, you know, there's so many different ways that you could play William as, there are so many different emotions that he could have. And there's so many different ways that he could um, react in situations. Oh, he could have been a bit lighter there or he could have been a bit angrier. Or, and the beauty is that I don't think any of them are, are wrong because I really sort of feel them. And uh, sometimes you come in and you've had an experience the day before that then feeds into thinking, ah, this is where he's at. So the nice thing is I never sort of feel, hopefully, that... um Oh, that wasn't the right choice. It's nice to sort of trust that. Do you know what any of these choices are? Because he's he's sort of really three uh, D like that, and any of these emotions would have been okay for him. But I do think that as we sort of go into season two, um, you know, Rach um, and uh, sort of chatted about how, uh, you know, you get to watch season one, and then you get to go, oh. That's an interesting place. There's a really, there's a nice vulnerability there. And, and let's play with that. And that's the, the real beauty of being able to do something that isn't just eight eps or, um, you know, to be able to tell it over 12 hours or 24 hours. You have to explore deeper. If you sort of get that all out on the, on the table in season one, then where have you got left to go? You know, you sort of have to do things that are against the character you originally came up with. Oh, we'll make him like this, you know, and it's like, oh, it's not really how anyone saw him, but we've got to keep it fresh. So I love, uh, I, you know, that was another thing about season one when I was reading it and the genius of uh, Rach and Ben was the drip feeding. They didn't treat an audience or us like, um, we need to, we need to be told everything. They knew it all and all the backstory was there. Um, but I love that sort of, 
uh, when he chat, you know, when he's there was a moment where it says about the workhouse, and then we, you know, there was all that backstory there that I knew. We had monologues about it and and uh, speeches about it, and I knew all that background. But it doesn't all need to come out in the first uh, season, you know, or things that we chat about. We know them. And they're all in Rachie's head or, or my head and uh, Kate's and Ben's head. But it, it, I, th- I think it's really nice when we get to find out, out about those things later and they be drip fed, you know, mm-hmm. cover them naturally. We definitely, I mean, it, it's, it's a big di- group discussion about every, all the characters' backgrounds, like where they've come from and things. So yeah. it's given us plenty to talk about where we think, Oh, what do we think about this? And what do we think about that? So. Um, oh, and speaking, <laughs> speaking of backstory, one of the things that as Scarlet is that we really love is Henry Scarlet and, and just how big and important part he is to Eliza and William. Do yeah. you have any idea how their friendship started and, and how he would have helped shape William's life? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just trying to uh, <laughs> go back. <laughs> Anything you can say. <laughs> we were like, oh. I'm just trying to think what I know. No, I mean, going right back <laughs> to season one, pre, I knew that, um, the, the, you know, the, the story was and the backstory, which hasn't changed, um, was that, that, um, William sort of, sorry, William, Henry took William as a, as a young lad off the street, you know, William was probably up to no good or whatever, and they crossed paths. <laughs> um, and that story, it's, it's very, it's in my head and I remember it from season one. Um, but I suppose there wasn't probably, it probably didn't come out in season one or two. Um, but yeah, they, so they've crossed paths in that way and, and, and Henry completely transformed his life because William was heading towards, um, the, the same life that anyone in his sort of from his background would expect, which is just a life of continued incarceration um and and um you know that 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 look that vicious cycle um so it was henry that sort of i get you know got him into the the police and got him into the force and showed him a different life um so that's how they you know and that's where he takes him under his wing that's how they become this real father figure because william hasn't got um a father figure but you know between that william's uh, you know, now it's got to be 23, is he by season four? I look, do I look 23? Um, <laughs> but, but William's, sure, you know, sure you um, is, he, is he 30 ish? Mm-hmm. Um, what have we got? It? Is he, he's 30, isn't he? I think so. Cause uh, he said he mentioned something at the end of the second episode of season yes, two about being 30. Yeah. And I went, is he 30? Oh, that looked very good for it then. Um, <laughs> he's 30 going on 45. And, uh, <laughs> But there's, but between him being a young lad, not long out the workhouse, um, there is a whole, you know, there's a, a decade of stuff we don't know. Mm-hmm. So in there, I have a feeling of what that relationship was between them to get into the sort of, you know, you, you could, I, this is what I love about these and, and your chats is that whole decade between him being, let's say, whatever age it was, say he was 14, 16, 18, 20, um, when him and William met, you've kind of got seven years leading up to uh, episode one 
and or six years or whatever. But there's there's in well sixteen. Sorry, there we go. Sixteen. They had their kiss, didn't they? So we're talking about decades at least of them knowing each other, Eliza and Henry. And mm-hmm. you know how much between that, that kiss that they joke about. How much? What's that? What's in between there? You know, what did they, did they, have they been on dates? How, how much, how much was he around the house? What was that position when Henry was around? Um, is that why we land at season one when we land at season one? Because actually that is when stuff really got going and we see that. And um, because Henry is no longer there for William to sort of hold back on it. Is that what allows them to sort of um, be where they're at in season one? Um, or were they, you know, close in that in that period, um, between? But yeah, those it's definitely a period that we haven't touched on, you know, which I think is really exciting. Trust me, the group has talked about this more than well, you can, can you imagine. Tell, can you more tell than me you some, I want to hear some of your guys' thoughts. <laughs> and, and you can correct. And you can <laughs> correct. Lindsay, my can you um, kind of explain? Well, I've always thought that Henry sort of met William and in his mind, he probably wasn't very good with money and he wasn't sure what to do with Eliza. And so he's maybe drip fed little lines over time to tell William to look after Eliza. Like if something happened to Henry, he always knew that he if if something happened to him, Eliza would be alone. And therefore he's kind of brought William under his wing learned to trust him and gone okay I trust you with my daughter and so I'm gonna drip feed that you've got to look after her and that's kind of why William just can't let her go because he's just I need to look after her and make sure that she's she's safe even though she probably doesn't want it so much and I kind of always think they've kind of flitted in and out that they just get close and then they back away and and that's kind of the ebb and flow of those kind of in between years where you'll probably go there's they probably saw each other when Henry designed it, maybe, or they um, kind of saw each other. Because they obviously knew before season one that Henry was drunk a lot. So you kind of go, well, they must have talked about it. They must have been a little bit closer to, to understand where Henry was at and not be able to do something about that kind of thing. So, yeah, we've had... Interesting lots of conversations. And- lots of conversations. <laughs> well, I guess for my, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's what I really like is it's sometimes a, a feeling, and then when you get asked, a, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes terrible because you go, "Who's your character? What's your, who is your character?" And I'm like, "Oh, how do I describe it in words?" But it can really be this feeling, or it's like a a thought, and it's all there. I, mm-hmm. And I I think with um. With Henry and William, there, you know, Henry was his hero, complete mm-hmm. hero, father figure to, you know, this isn't just like, um, you know, another father figure because I've got my father and my uncle and he is his, his only family really. And other yeah. than, um, people from the, from Scotland Yard, who he's sort of in this position of being a position of power, um, you know, it's a group of mates, but he's also their boss. So that, you know, creates um, a, a different relationship. But with Henry, you know, everyone else above him, as we know, doesn't see value in him. And Henry's the only person and the first person that did. So there is this massive respect for him. And I wonder if 
I, you know, I like where, you know, I always love that, that thing of, um, why, you know, why do you, why have we started the story there? Um, when we do with season one. And I, lo- I, I love the idea that we've started there because actually everything before there was such respect and it never would have been something that, that, that Duke could have approached with Henry. Mm-hmm. You know, he he would see himself as as lower than Eliza, and you know, can you imagine that? I, you know, and I feel like you know, I can say this because this is my feelings. You know, that does it doesn't um, you know, this is almost my feelings as an audience member, um, and that, and I mean, you know, when I'm reading the script, I'm like, oh, I hope they get together or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't mean that um that my uh, sort of opinion about the character is right. But I guess my feelings of William's inner thing is that he's always sort of been infatuated with Eliza and he's just never quite been able to to do it because of that massive respect. And maybe he doesn't feel um, enough for her and, uh, you know, he's come from where he's come from and she's up there. She's to him, you know, she, her dad, was he's got such respect for, for him. Um, so when we land in, in episode one and we see season one and it, they just start to sort of get a bit closer, I wonder if that's partly sticks in the back of his head and sticks in the back of his head sort of going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought it was quite sad that Henry never got to see Eliza become what she becomes. Like, I think he'd be quite proud of what she's achieved, but you kind yeah. of know she could never have achieved what she had if he was alive. And that's quite a sad thought. Yeah, and and also the beauty of that those season one, um, you know, did you not have Henry there, almost seeing them as uh, as her um, subconscious or or um, not subconscious, but you know, as a, as a, as there, mm-hmm. then she sort of in a way knows that he's seen it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, and he sort of has got to see that. If you took those out of season one. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, it's totally like. But at least in her heart, he's seen this, and there's that moment at the end of season one where she gets to sort of accept that, and he sort of goes, "That job is done. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to see that that I can stand on my own two feet. Me, I don't need anyone, and I've um, done what you were so worried about being um, a woman in this career in this world that that you were worried for me about. You know, because you know what." what people are like. So I think it's really beautiful the way they put that in. It was such a great sort of device, emotional device. Yeah. So we've talked about how Henry takes William under his wing and teaches him how to be a good detective. So what qualities make William a good detective in your mind? Uh, That's a great question. I think I go straight to, again, it's a feeling of um, he's got a good heart. And... It, it 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 it's that above anything else is the most important thing, and I think to be any kind of leader, any kind of decision maker of that magnitude, where you're deciding over people's fakes and people's lives, um, you know, he's a good judge of character, and he's he wants to do the right thing, and that actually is why against. Uh, you know, in a way of in, in work, what might be better for him? 
if you were sort of going, oh, I'm just going to save my own skin. And I've already made that arrest. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's what I'm doing. You know, he he doesn't. That's that's why when, um, you know, in those early um, episodes and, and right across the seasons, um, when he's sort of challenged by Eliza because he's made the wrong decision, um, I, you know, a lot of people wouldn't react the way he does. And he may fly off the handle or he may um, tell her she's wrong, but he comes back to it. And I love that about him. He can admit he's wrong. He doesn't hold a grudge. He, he really doesn't. And um, I think if you compare him to other people, sometimes you're just watching him and Eliza, mm -hmm. and you can sort of go, unbelievable that he would uh, behave like that or unbelievable she would behave like that. But if you compare him to sort of other people at the time or other people in the position or yourself in that position, he actually really does take on what she says. That's why the show is what it is. That's why we have them working together because he values her opinion because she's a brilliant detective. And, you know, would he have got possibly further up the ladder, you know, had he have just gone, oh, well, we've got someone, we'll put them in. It, it's fine, we've arrested someone. Possibly, but it would have been against his sort of moral code and uh, what was right. So I think that makes him... Uh, a great detective and a great leader and a great, as I swear, great effing man, I think, yeah. you know, a great, a great human, I think, because yeah. he has that moral compass. Yeah. Do you think Eliza has made him a better detective? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, a hundred, a hundred percent because she's a, a phenomenal detective and he is as well. I went down at the bottom of that. He is as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just thinking there about we, we still got this joke. We had this joke uh, on 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 set of like, can can William get this one? Can William solve this one? Because I was like, I don't think he solved one yet. But we have this joke. Um, actually, I well, I I say, you know, he's got multiple cases. And that's, you know, that's the great thing which allows him to, allows you as an actor or as a character to be stressed because you may see this one case that we're dealing with on this episode, but he's got six of them or 25 of them or 100 of them sitting on his desk plus the multiple old ones that he's dealing with. So he is solving crimes. He is cracking those cases. Um, but we have this joke. Can, can, William, can William do this one? <laughs> can I do that? Kate, that little monologue you've got at the end, do you want to do that? But, we, um, we have commented yeah. that William needs to solve a case, and with Black Witch Malls, you know, they kind of solve it at the same time and together. Yes. We're all like, exactly. yay, William! <laughs> exactly. Well, he, I mean, that, it's a great sort of, um, you know, as, a, as a, an actor, when you're coming to the um, character or you're working on the scenes and you sort of you start to notice um sort of issues that you go ah that that doesn't work why is he angry or why is he frustrated and and each time out you'd ask them with that this is genuinely the beauty of uh, Richard and, and Ben's writing is that any time you ask that question um there's an answer it's like um you know why doesn't he well actually because he's got so many cases why is he so fr frustrated? Why, which is which is funny when he's frustrated, and he's funny when he's up against it um, and moody. But you know why? Well, the reason is because he's got so many cases and such pressure. So it's I've always loved that about William. He's such a, a a dream of a character because you just have all that. It's it's there. You're not having to sort of go. 
right, I've got to be like this now. It's, all the information is there. Um, but yes, sorry, your original question was, how does Eliza make, does she, yeah, she, does, she no, has. You answered it, you answered it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. She, she's made him, I think he's quite a modern man for the time, and she's made him a more modern man, I think, by, um, you know, and that's what we need sometimes when we, uh, to, to question ourselves and you need someone to question you. The worry is when you don't take that on, you don't sort of get your own opinion around it. And he does. Yeah. I like to think she, she brings a different point of view to the cases and makes him think of things differently as opposed to here's the criminal. Let's look this path. You know, she makes him think of things differently and it has made him a better detective because she opens his point of view. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think, um, that goes both ways as well. I think he's made her a better detective and, uh, they, they really have the way that they challenge each other. The lovely thing is mm-hmm. they both take on, you know, we sort of creep further forward and they both, they have changed. They both changed through the seasons. And even when they resist it and they take these jumps back or sort of leap back to them old self, their old selves, they have, move further forward we get to see so much more vulnerability which is not a sort of device to go we need to show some vulnerabilities because that's just human that's what happens when a relationship develops and then you show that vulnerability and then the next day the 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 person really locks up and we see that with Arabella you know where they both sort of lock up um because one of them has made a mistake and and they can talk about it and they can take that on so I like it they really do challenge each other and compliment each other and um, and make each other better people. Yeah. One of the scenes that I really liked is that in season one, episode one, when Eliza steals his file, she he's like yeah. bre- trying to break down the door. But then yeah. when you get to season three in the fifth episode and she steals the file again, he's almost laughing at himself and he doesn't chase her. He just kind of lets her do what she needs to do. And, you exactly, know, yeah. it's like a completely different way of approaching what she's done, even though it's not right. I kind of was just like, he's grown. He knows she's she's capable and she's going to find out what she needs and, and give it back. Exactly. And there's a degree of, you know, that thing of depending how much he's got on his plate at the time, how high the stakes are, he reacts in a different way when the same thing might happen, when she continually sort of... Um, uh, and that's the that you know that's a, a long running theme, and it's a very real theme. We see that all the time. You do react in different ways, and it depends what you know. Sometimes you do uh, um, make outbursts, and uh, but I love that he apologizes for them, or certainly takes them back. You know. So one of the things that we did really enjoy in season two was the beginning of episode five, a quarter to midnight, where we get to see a bit of Williams kind of daily routine and he's out yeah. in the community around Scotland Yard and he really ha- seems quite proud of everything that's around him and the life that he's kind of created and you know when you read that what what did your what was your thoughts of Williams because that's obviously a little bit more information about what his daily life is like yeah I mean it's it, it, it's those such lovely bits to be able to do because you you do, you delve deeper into um, moments of a character's life that you wouldn't normally see. It doesn't, uh, you know, it's not it's not part of a case. It is his um, totally private moments and you don't often get to see them. I actually really love them with both William and Eliza, those private moments 
when it's them by themselves and you see the flicker of their eyes and Kate does it amazingly, you know, that when you see those little thoughts and it's just with them, um, you know, they're totally invaluable. It, it tells you so much about that character and how they really feel, you know, even if they're acting like this or whatever in, in the episodes before. So, yeah, I, I mean, I really love that because he does. He's such a, such a homebody. He's got his, his, uh, his streets. He's, he, you know, he's got his walk to work. It's very, um, it's very ritual, isn't it? But he, he has this, this stroll to work and he knows all the, the sort of people on the way in and he's loved or respected. Um, and again, where he's come from, he can't sort of shake that, that. He doesn't think about it every day, but it's just very different to what he's known. And yes, he's been in this place for a while. Um, but it's familiar and he loves it. And he, and that goes for Eliza as well. He loves, you know, we sort of say what brings them together, but they just love being in each other's company, whether they're sparring. Or, um, or fighting or there's, uh, the stakes are high or, um, you know, the times are hard. They just can't, it's that infatuation. It's that they just want to be with each other. I think being in each other's company, you know, um, it's yeah. familiarity and it's, well, it's more than that, but yeah. Yeah. So the biggest question that the Scarleteers oh. have. Oh. Is what does William get up to on a Thursday? Same as he's doing on a Friday <laughs> and a Saturday <laughs> and a Sunday morning, but I can't tell you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll find out. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to find out. Yeah, true. Maybe we don't want to find out. <laughs> Look, I mean, William was, when we go back to season one, He he was... You know, he likes, he likes, a, he likes a flirt and he likes, um, <laughs> and he likes everything that comes with that. And he's a single man. And, um, that's what I really love about his relationship with Eliza because he's got such, uh, it's just, it's just different for him. He's got such respect for her, not that he doesn't for, for anyone else, but he's got such respect for her that he sort of reads the signals and just goes, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this up. Um, they're so sort of, they know each other so well and he's so in her life. But it's, you know, this, uh, any idea that he's sort of doesn't know how to make a move or, um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. pure sort of respect. And as we sort of, um, go through and, and as you see with them, um, but it's not because he's sort of um fearful of of making a move it's 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 bigger than that it's it's you know a fear of kind of uh losing it all so they've found themselves in this place that is you know what we get to to be in each other's company um and as they say like i miss you you know when they're not in each other's company they, they say you know I, I miss you can we get back to that and i think we've all had that before and um or you know not all had it but you can see where that would be. You sort of, at that moment, from their point of view, you know, I, I, I can't be with this person, but I need to be with this person. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I really love that. They're like two magnets. 
um, being pulled together. And then sometimes the magnet flips and they get pushed, pushed <laughs> apart. But, you know, I think it's a really, it's a really sort of beautiful, um, love story, but it's just difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We adore William and Fitzroy's bromance, and he really does bring out this very caring side of William. How much do you think that it is influenced by William's own experience of maybe being feeling like he doesn't fit in? Yeah, I think it comes. Yeah, and I and I and I, I think he recognizes that, and he recognizes a good heart, and he recognizes an honest person, and he. Uh, yeah, it comes back to that thing of him be, having a, having a good heart. You know, if you cross him, um, you sort of out. But but he he just he recognizes that um, Fitzroy is, is is a good man, and he makes him laugh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it just comes down to that. I think you know he and and with that he he does recognize that he's. Uh, that everyone deserves a, a leg up, you know, a bit of a help if they're willing to accept it. It's such a funny relationship, though. They just it's great. They don't seem like they should kind of fit. Like at first, we we're always like, "What is Fitzroy?" And then by the end of season two, we're like, "I love Fitzroy." I know exactly. he's so he's so lovable. He's such a he's such a brilliant creation by um, by Rachel and Ben and Evan. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like what you were saying that day. I was thinking, what, what, do they, what, what do they chat about in the pub? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, what did he do in the pub? You know, Fitzroy's wanting to get the um, get the drafts out, get the chessboard out, or uh, or or read some poetry. And you know, what's Duke did? Like, I love that idea. But actually, it's it's just they really fit together as mm-hmm. as they sort of um get into the you know season three and season four they they really they just become I don't want to say a double act but but I mean in life the two of them really fit together and they find their stride together and they're really just comfortable with each other aren't they It's a really lovely thing he he, he you know he, he totally trusts him and um, just completely trusts him. There's no sort of he doesn't have to worry about what he says or that he's giving him too much information or, you know, it's just, there's a real trust there. It's a real, it's a real bromance, but it's a real friendship. Yeah. Yeah. They bring out the best in each other. They really I know. Do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. There's I, you know, complete about trust how, both ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how much Fitzroy has, has sort of, uh, come up and, um, you know, evolved through 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 his experiences. You know, it's not all down to Duke, but through his experiences and 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 through learning from Duke, whether that be him being scolded or you know, he's, Duke's got lots of different methods. But sorry, William, but he has really evolved, um, and he's sort of growing into a man. And you get you get to see that over the seasons. So it's really lovely, and gets more responsibility and. Um, you know, that again is just the genius of the writing, you know, I think. Sorry, and Devin, but I mean to be able to evolve a character. <laughs> to, be able to evolve a character yeah. naturally. Devin's just, you know, he's the pretty yeah. face. He's just saying the lines. He's just nobody's <laughs> uh, We love know. Evan too. Oh, he's, have you have you done one of these with him? Has he done one? Not yet. 
But we will ask, because that's yeah. one of the things the fans, when we ask them, or oh, what should we kind of cover next? And they're like, you've got to talk to Evan. Yeah, like, well, I'll, we I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell him, I'll text him. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, they naturally evolve and, and, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel forced. Mm, no, no, it feels no. very natural, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. He's brilliant. But he's an absolute, I don't know if you've chatted to him, but he's, he's not a nice guy. In real life. <laughs> not, not a good guy. I completely unlike his character. He's just. <laughs> Evil, evil, oh, some would say. Well, I'm excited to have him on. Sometime. Oh, it will be. Oh, you'll be talking. Fitzroy clearly has a bit of a light-hearted crush on Eliza, which definitely yeah. amuses all of us fans. And we can't help but wonder because it seems to it's amuse him as story. well. It's the real love story of Miss Scarlet and the Duke. <laughs> no, no, we've we've decided the real love story is the Duke is going to turn up in the last ever episode, and we're like, this is the Duke of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody's like, who's the Eliza's, Duke? And it's like, oh been, my uh, goodness me! Eliza's been writing to the Duke of Cumbernauld <laughs> yeah. for all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, that. she's marrying William. We've already decided this one. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> she's got to. She better. <laughs> Um, It'll be a mutiny anyway. if not. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so we wondered if uh, William is amused by this little crush because that's probably how William used to behave around Eliza, being a little bit clumsy. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah. He sees because, a bit of himself in Fitzroy. Yeah, well, I think he's, I, I think he's pretty, as I said, accomplished in the art of... Uh, of the of the flirt, so I sort of feel like he's just like, what is going on here? You know, he he um um I I don't know how giddy uh Duke gets around other women, but yeah, he sort of can can see that with Eliza, and I guess it's sort of like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you stand no chance with her, but don't worry, mate. No, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a bit like that. But, but it's it's epi- not bad because an episode where he sort of spots, uh, you know, like Eliza did with Arabella and and William, when Duke spots Fitzroy and Eliza kissing under the arch, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does he does stand a chance. What? Then <laughs> <laughs> see how his attitude changes. Mm-hmm, that is but, true. But Fitzroy gets smiles and nice words from Eliza, so it's not that out of the realm. Yeah. So she knows, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Playing them off against each other. Hmm. So at the start of season three, William seems to trust Moses to look after the important people in his life and asks him to teach Fitzroy how to box. Have they come to a friendly accord? Do you trust Moses a little bit more? Oh, definitely. I mean, me and Ansu um, chatted about this. Just trying to get my timeline right, but it was, you know, season two. Um, you know, William's problem with um, with Moses was he he's a a criminal. That's how he knows him. So it's you know a a trust thing. He doesn't want Eliza, you know hanging about with criminals and doesn't quite trust that. But when he he recognises that he's, you know, a good guy, um, 
and a, a loyal friend, then it's, you know, all good. Um, his his issue with him has always been that he's a criminal and he and you know and I guess in a way as a copper um you sort of you know take action first and ask questions later so he hasn't taken the time I suppose to go oh you know what are your intentions and you know all that so it's it's completely about him being a criminal and when he recognizes how much he's helped out yeah there's going to be a bit of jealousy there as well isn't there because he's Mm-hmm. how well they get on and you know who's this other guy in your life so there's all that going on but again with his with his sort of um with them both having good hearts i think there's a real mutual sort of recognition of um each other being being good guys it's nice yeah. in episode six that moses is kind of an almost standing on an equal field with you and nash and, and eliza and you know, he's the eye up there with them, and totally. I really love that. And and I think that is, um, you know, that is the way that William is. He's sort of, in some ways, very black and white. It's like I I, I recognise you for your um, actions, and I recognise you for your, you know, um, what you do. Um, so that's sort of never a, a question. You're on complete even footing as I'm on the same footing as you know whoever else um so yeah I love that I really love that well spotted and we often wonder whether there's a little bit of Moses being a slight criminal is the life that William could have had if um Henry hadn't have rescued him and maybe there's a bit of oh I it's too much looking in a mirror no a hundred percent and I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff, his stuff with Moses is just a learned behavior. It's a bluster. That's, that's just, you know, when you, when you're dealing with, when he's dealing with criminals, he, he has his go to, um, sort of ways of talking to them and treating them. And that goes for their, their sort of, when he goes into the gentleman's club and has to speak to, um, some lord in there, then he can't sort of use that same approach and sort of shove him against the wall as the status thing. And, and so I think there is a whole lot of bluster because in a way, William can never drop that. Um, you can never quite drop where you've come from. You know, you mm-hmm. see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he, 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 when he's sitting in situations, he feels it, you know, in his head, how people are looking at him or, um, you know, no matter how hard or no matter what position you get to, he will always be that guy from, he will always be that kid from, um, you know, who had no money and was on the streets and was in a, a workhouse. And you'll always feel that. So I, you know, in some ways, a lot of it is, right, What what's my tactic here? How do I have to behave? What's this sort of bluster? So, yeah, I think as they get to know each other more, um there's there's that um, recognition of he's from he's the same as me he's from the same place he's um, you know totally. So Eliza and William they've got very different ways of solving a case and they kind of I've always thought they were kind of on a par that they could get to the same place at roughly the same time but they do it slightly differently. But they have both really been taught by Henry and and how much of how both of them were taught. By Henry, kind of is part of 
the reason why they butt heads or also why they can also come together and work so well together because they're both influenced by how Henry's taught them. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I totally agree with that. And I think Eliza, I'll go one step further, and I would say, you know, Eliza is an exceptional detective. I think she's got an exceptional mind that is sort of veering into, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes. She sees it differently. You know, she can, she looks at a crime scene in a different way from William, and I think in a different way from Henry. You know, if Henry was still sort of here, um, would she be sort of getting to that place and getting to the conclusion quicker than him? You know, I think her mind is is just on that regard is is kind of um, leaps ahead. Uh, you know, whether it's because she will stay up all night grafting, is it because William is actually been at this for 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 ten years and is jaded? I don't think he's jaded, mm-hmm. but. You know, will he stay up all night and and go to the lens that Eliza goes to? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Case case to case. Um. So there's all that, and um. But I I do wonder, you know, would would Eliza as a detective against Henry be sort of, you know, would she would she sort of begin to the case uh, the conclusion quicker than him? You know, I think she's got her own um experiences and her own sort of yeah um. um learning that's brought her to this place of being an exceptional private detective on her own merit which is really can cool isn't it you know (laughs) like she's that's that's all her i think mary on our group described it as eliza was just born to do this um whereas like for other people it's kind of a job that they've fallen into yeah eliza this was just something that she was born to it it's more than a job it's just something that you know, it's in her DNA. Exactly, and and you know, like like anything that you've really had to fight for, you know, she could have given up at the first hurdle. William could as well, you know, but in different ways, they they keep going, and uh, and and she just sort of through sheer sort of will and 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 force just just keeps going, and I think that makes her. Um, yeah, because she gets a lot of knockbacks. Because I think one of the things, oh my god, all the time, three. six times an episode, you know, <laughs> yeah. each one of the, them would be a sort of career ender. If I had that many knockbacks as an actor, well, to be fair, I have had that many knockbacks. But you know, people saying, "Listen, you shouldn't be an actor," which happens daily, but not as much as it happens to Eliza. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you, you you sort of yeah, it's amazing. It sort of made her. You have to go back to yourself and go. No, this is what I should be doing. Um, uh, and this is why. Yeah. I mean, one of the running jokes, particularly in season three, is when we got to episode four and Fitzroy was hiring Eliza. We were like, yes, she's going to get paid this time. There's so many se- episodes, the scene, the episodes in season three, we were like, she's put in all this hard work, but she's not actually going to get paid. I know she must be skint. Exactly. Season, yeah. Season, uh, season four. She actually has to move house and move in with William. Excellent. Wow. Breaking news about William's house. We really want to see William's house. 
He doesn't have <laughs> one. He, he just bed flips. <laughs> well, he moved in season one because season one he only had one room, and in season two he's offering Fitzroy's. I know room. he's got a spare, isn't he? He's got well, a spare he, now. he calls it a spare. He's just got a sheet up the middle hanging from the bit of string. Fitzroy turns up, taped down like, the middle like you did as kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's your side. Don't cross it. Goodness, <laughs> William, I haven't you lived in such a hovel? <laughs> it's just a it. hole in the wall. You know, if we finally saw William's house and we mm-hmm. sort of, you know, him and Eliza rock up and it says mansion, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, got he's, you know, he's been sort of creating this little property development. He's got multiple <laughs> flats in uh, Victoria, London. That he's, you know, this property tycoon. Ah, he really is a duke. That's yeah, exactly. He really he is, is a duke. duke. He's just hiding it well. Exactly. Yeah. That's the big cliffhanger for season four. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. So we know William and Eliza have a complicated relationship. Like you were talking about how magnets, they're always seeing, you know, they're drawn to each other, but they can't seem to connect. And they always seem to, you know, kind of move close, but then they can't quite get together and they walk away, but they are drawn to each other, but they can't quite connect. And then they, Back and forth, back and forth. What do you yeah, think yeah. is the thing that keeps them from always connecting and coming back to each other? Very good question. I, th- I, I mean, I think, and this is my opinion, almost as a as an audience member, you know, um, it, you know, it's it it is that complete respect of um, what. Uh, of of Eliza's wishes or what he thinks Eliza's wishes are, you know. I think in other situations, um, possibly with other partners, he might be more forthcoming. Um, but I think he recognizes, you know, we see that he he sees Eliza's hesitation. He they talk about, um, you know, can this work? And we and we have it painted out in. Uh, you know, season two, episode one, where he sort of says your 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 work is everything, and that's not a negative about her work, but it is uh, a negative towards them getting together. And I think the two things are very different. You know, he does he doesn't not support her in her work. He he completely more than anything supports. Um, what what she does but he does recognize that that would that that's not impossible but a very difficult situation with where they're at um and i think that can sometimes or could be misunderstood as him going we'll give up your job but never at any stage does he do that in fact he only supports her in it what he says is um and you can you can uh also correct me if i'm wrong but you know, he, he he says my position is un, untenable because it's constantly kind of being challenged, not because you're doing your job, but it makes it difficult. So we couldn't kind of be together because of that. It doesn't mean, you know, he doesn't say my position is untenable. You need to stop working. You need to stop doing this. This is crazy, you know. And I really love that about him. He totally, you know, he go, he doesn't go give up your job. He goes, you, you need, you know, you're going to keep doing what you're doing and you should in a way 
So that's why I'm taking a step back. And I love that. But also correct me if I'm wrong or challenge it, please. Mm-hmm. I, I totally respect. Like We had a massive long Twitter discussion the other day about uh, the season one, episode one, uh, season two, episode one. And right. kind of partly because we were all like, you know, William wasn't wrong to give up the case to close it because, as you say, he has plenty of cases and really Georgina Lee wasn't in any danger. She was perfectly safe and well. And, you know, it was kind of one of those, how do these two just, you know, they it's not William going, no, I don't want to be with you in that scene. And it's not Eliza going, no, I don't want to be with you in that scene. And we were kind of discussing back and forth a little bit of, well, why are they not going to give and you know what what is it you know Eliza doesn't want him to be a master and it's like yeah but she hasn't given him the opportunity to prove that he wouldn't be like that but equally it's like neither one of them was wrong and neither one of them was kind of you know it's always difficult as a fan because we sit there and go neither one of them wants to fight for it you know they're not in a position where they're going to stand up and fight for this they just kind of, it's very easy for them to just kind of go, okay, we'll walk away and we'll go back to our corners and reflect and, and things. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where, as a fan, we kind of go, I get it, I understand it, and yeah. Go, I know. And I, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, and in some ways that's, uh, you know, with Arabella, I think William felt very much you know, it wasn't a malicious, uh, a malicious sort of choice. Well, this will, you know, I think it's just like happens in relationships. It's like, you, you know, I'm just, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. And then this comes along and, um, you know, I think William is, has other things going on, but he hasn't possibly as much. Uh, for the last couple of years, in fact, we see that we see that he's, you know, um, on his on his on his day off. You know that episode when he's on his day off and he's got uh, got Nancy. God, I've forgotten Betsy. her name. Betsy. <laughs> oh God, I think you were going to put me up on that. William didn't forget her name. He knew. He was just very Betsy. rude and wasn't going to open the door. Betsy, yeah. But um, what was my point? That. They do, and they go, do you know what, this is right. But then they do, like that fight, they do come back. And they do sort of, but, you know, I think that's the thing about the fight thing. If he fights for it, then what's his angle? You know, does he say, does he go, right, this is, but you know what, you keep you, you, you keep um, doing what you're doing and I will have to... Um, sort of change positions or you know can we work together because the problem is together is causing the issues where he's getting scolded well actually mm-hmm. it's also as helpful as it is but um, it's sort of not understood by the top brass but you know every scenario and that's the difficult thing um, is what is fighting for it I think they are willing to fight for it but then you might see a conversation where he's saying, I'm fighting for this. We should be together. And that's more important than your career or my career. And that's why, you know, I know it can be frustrating, but I like, you know, the, the approach that they have because it's so incredibly respectful. And look, people change. Like, um, 
uh, the, the, the sort of feelings are out on the, on the table, which is what I love now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, sort of, they've, they've been, you know, season one and then season two, they, you know, spoken about season three. It's, he doesn't deny his feelings. So someone said it and everyone around and they sort of know themselves in a way. So it's the first time they've sort of admitted in a way their feelings. So, we always think it's a bit of a running joke that every other character on the show seems to know that something's there between them and even felt, I mean... Well, isn't that, that, isn't that real life, though? You know, yeah. it's like, um, listen, can you go over and uh, tell that guy that, you know, it's, it's yeah, that yeah. thing where actually everyone sort of, once everyone else knows, there's no way of avoiding it, really. You do have to, um, you do have to sort of broach it. Um, so I really like that place that we've got to by the end of season three. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of there. It's, it's, you know, people then have the place of whether to push them individually, or are we just going to step back and not say anything, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's a really exciting place going into season four. We have our fingers crossed. We've had a lot of discussions and we're like, everything's wrong. Yeah. So do you agree with Arabella's kind of harsh words that Eliza's ambition will outweigh everything, even her feelings for William, and that nothing will ever be done? Well, when you were saying that, I was sort of thinking back, I thought I had earlier is that um, we were chatting about William and Eliza and you know some things that are said in the heat of a conversation or the heat of emotion and sometimes things that are said um you know don't necessarily I, I think Arabella believes that and I think in that moment Duke sort of goes that's how I'm feeling as well mm-hmm. but then I also you know that's you know we people aren't that black and white that you're told something once and that's all you think for the rest of your life you know a yeah. moment of uh, a smile, a blink of an eye, you know, a touch of a hand, a little thank you. That you forget that when when someone said I hate you or um, she doesn't fancy you, you, you know. And I think so. Yeah, in that moment, he does go after she leaves the room. He goes, she she's right, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that 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 that's how he feels all the time, and that stays that way. I think. He, yeah, I think he hopes, and I think he's right to sort of go. Well, there's also different options. Like this isn't the kind of, this isn't everything. Otherwise, you know, what have we got? He always mm-hmm. paints himself as an optimist. Yeah, and he totally is. Um, otherwise, he 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 sort of would have probably gone. He obviously sees something there, otherwise he probably would have said, no, I don't love her. What are you talking about? And he would have fought harder for that, mm-hmm. for Arabella. But he yeah. doesn't. I saw it as him thinking, oh, well, my feelings are out, even though I didn't say them. But how can I change the fact that Eliza might put her ambition before mine like how can I change this situation without altering Eliza's personality or my personality 
It wasn't yeah, like I, I think his you're face right, was that, like sad. It was like a kind of a determined, like, all right, the secret's out. What am I going to do about it in a good way? Not like, Ugh. Interesting. And I think I thought, I'm trying to think what comes right after that. Um, what does come after that? <laughs> Eliza but, goes to her office. That's <laughs> it. In, yeah. And Nash that, has left the cardboard on yeah, her desk. That's it. So I think I love that, you know, what you said about that. So, and I think for me, certainly my thought process was that that comes a little bit later. I think when she first says it to him in that moment, in that scene, in that second, he does sort of, it sits with him. Like it really hits, it really hits home. You know, when someone says something in a moment of vulnerability, and that's why he doesn't challenge it. It's why he doesn't bluster, which he's done before. You know, I loved when I first read that scene. Um, it was, I was like, oh my God. Like when I read it, I was like, fucking brilliant. Because <laughs> the silence says it, it says it all. Yeah. Like it's so brilliant. It, it, there's no sort of like, well, no, you know, there could have been a line there. And the silence is such a beautiful gift to, because it says it all. Um, I think it's sort of quite a real um, moment and I think he does it just it hits him um, and I think w what you were saying Amanda I think comes sort of right after it really or does it you know but I think that sort of like resolve of is sort of after that scene I think for, well for me anyway I always think it's a little bit sad in the sense that William's kind of sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place because he knows that he, he deserves some love in his life. And I always think he must be quite lonely because, you know, he seems to be on his own an awful lot. Like he doesn't necessarily go sit in the pub with all of Scotland Yard. He seems to have quite a solitary life from what we've seen. And and that's just not something that Eliza's at a point where she can give or if it is, it's kind of on her terms and, and a relationship can't work like that. And so I kind of always go, really stuck because he can't there's things that he can't change about the situation that can't kind of give him the love that he deserves we all just wanted to give him a hug <laughs> yeah well i mean i think that goes for both of them as well i mm. think they're both really um caught in that where they can't quite move forward and in, in, in you know together because and i think it's it, you know it is right you know i don't feel like of course i want them to but i'm also like just complete understanding of where they where they want to be you know it's it, you know which one would actually sort of um compromise uh and work out you know is that a conversation of like look <laughs> how do we work this out they seem to i know what you mean they seem to sort of go well this isn't going to work you know and I feel like it's like, ah, it's almost like sliding doors, you know, um, which is, which I, I really love, you know, but it, it'll, it, the, yeah, they just, you know, things change, like t t it's time and, you know, will one of them sort of decide, actually, this, this is, um, more important or do they both have an awareness that um 
you know, actually, this is this is the life I want. It is different. Will the other one come to the other? Who knows? But, you know, I, I again go back to that thing of just respecting the decisions that neither of them says, look, do you know what we need to do? This is what we need to do. You need to give up your job at Scotland Yard or as a private detective and um, uh, and uh, I'll do this. You know, I, I, I love that about it. It's a complete sort of respect, really. So throwing a caution to the wind here, in season one, there was a lot of talk between them around their childhood kiss, whether Eliza liked it, whether, you know, all of that good stuff. And we were really surprised that that conversation has not come up again since season one. And we're hoping that perhaps it will. But if William were to throw caution to the wind and just kiss Eliza, do we think she'd slap him this time or will he get away with it? No, she wouldn't slap him. <laughs> Good answer. Yes, that's but this the one the that thing, we want. You know, maybe that is that. That's maybe that's what he needs to do. Maybe that is you know without them chatting about it. You know, those moments have been there mm-hmm. where they get so so close, and then I, I thought jumps into one of their heads, and they and they break it. You know. Maybe that is the the sort of answer. Maybe that is the throwing the caution to the wind and just and just and then it's on the table, you know. Because actually, neither of them have said it yet, and that says it. It's it's in the air. They've uh, now that they've never had a discussion about it. It's sort of this real respectful thing. Because remember, we're in you know Victorian London, um, and although they're great f- friends. It, and, and you know so close there's still that sort of respect there and I wonder if they did just one of them threw caution to the wind whether that would just put it on the table fully you know but yeah, no she would not there's a lot of discussion not. about that <laughs> in the group yeah my plan is I'm going to bribe Ivy to just lock them in Eliza's drawing room next time <laughs> she, she leaves them in there just lock the drawing room door and leave them yeah. to figure it out I think she would start by slapping them because you're <laughs> stuck in a room with them and it was so annoying. But then, yeah, maybe it ends with a kiss. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Let's tell Rachel. <laughs> you tell Rachel. <laughs> so will we ever see a superintendent that truly sees the value in William and help him succeed and continue to climb the ladder at Scotland Yard? I hope so. I mean, come on. It needs to happen. Um, you know, maybe it's going to be somebody that works their way through the right. Maybe it's going to be Fitzroy. Maybe oh. Fitzroy will will, uh, will jump up above him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he gets a hard rap, doesn't he? He gets, he gets, it, it's, uh, he needs a couple of breaks in there, really. Um, so yeah, I think that is, Monroe, we sort of had a bit of it, but again, Monroe was kind of from the same, Places him, um, a Scotsman in, uh, in London and in Scotland Yard with all the top brass, all these, um, you know, ex officers. And, uh, so I think, you know, we, is it, is it a, a, someone more like Monroe or someone who's willing to sort of be a bit of a, a William to William, you know, uh, you're mm-hmm. right. I think that would, and also, if you took that stress away, if you took that change, completely changes. In fact, that completely changes uh, 
how how William is. There's, he's, you know, not up against it as much. He's not stressed. He's, you know, and and then his life becomes easier, and then that sort of makes for a better, uh, you know, more possible situation where him and Eliza might be able to. I mean, genuinely, that sort of allows for that. Um, whereas when he's constantly up against it and constantly being, you know, scolded for being wrong or for, um, you know, or a superintendent that's more accepting of Eliza, if there was such a thing as that, I think it would create the scenario where actually their jobs weren't an issue, you know, to yeah. a relationship. Cell 99, uh, season one, episode five is hands down the fan's favorite every every time we ask the question you know has your fan at favorite episode changed it's like no cell 99 is still our favorite do you have a favorite scene or episode yeah that actually uh that there's a scene in cell 99 that i loved which is um the and it really sticks with me um which is the uh one when he first finds her in the cell in cell is it is, he, is she yeah. in cell 99 yeah she is 98 sorry 98 and uh when she finds him in when he finds her in cell 98 and yeah. um, i feel like that was i can't remember it was a 10 minute scene or you know when we ran it and uh and it was it was deck that shot it directed it and uh you know there's this tiny little hole in the cell because it was an, a proper a beautiful old prison in uh, Wicklow, Wicklow. Um, oh, and, uh, I'm glad I got that one right. We're testing you. I know, I love it. But um, yeah, we we shot all that that stuff in there, the open prison stuff in there, and and you know you couldn't take the door off its hinges or move it or so you know. And the the balcony is um, about a foot and a half wide. And you've got uh, Russell on uh, DOP on camera, sort of hanging over the balcony there with uh, focus pulling next to him. And it was, you know, everyone's crammed in. You can't do a platform three stories up. So it was all really, you know, crammed on top of each other. And you just had to work with what was there. And it makes it really um, exciting having to shoot through that hole. And I think as well, the scene, I always sort of came back to, that for me is the sort of I don't I'm supposed to say epitome or antithesis. I don't know what the word is, but it's like the the sum up of their characters. I think in that one scene, yeah. And you know, we get to see all of it. We get to see the vulnerability, the 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 sort of care and love. The uh, then it quickly switches to, um, you know, why would I rescue you? You know, and then it switches to that, and then it switches to the banter, and then it switches to her sort of um, uh, taking the piss out of him. And so in that sort of 10-minute or whatever it is, seven-minute scene, you get to see their whole sort of characters in one moment. And also, it's probably, you know, I feel like one of the first times we get to the end of season one, and they really let rip, you know. Their relationship has become so sort of... um, familiar now that they really get to just be themselves in that scene so that's why I love it it's definitely it's the one that when I was watching I was like I'd watched the first four episodes and was like oh yeah yeah this is nice and that one came out and I was like I've missed something I need to go back and re-watch everything yeah <laughs> yeah it just yeah. was like a whole turning point of well exactly and I feel like it is a turning point for them and then it's mm. sort of 
but where we get to at the end of season one is such a sort of great place to then leave it. And then when we headed into season two, it felt like, ah, we just know where, they know where they're at. They know, you, you know, you don't have to be um, sort of tiptoeing around one another. You get to just let that sparring go, which is such a sort of nice place to be with the two of them. Definitely. It's what we love about them as well. Yeah, that's sparring yeah. and yeah, it's great how it flips. So to just talk a little bit about Eliza's cooking, A, oh. what, a what on earth was Eliza cooking in season one, episode six? And B, how brave was William in season three, episode six, to insult Eliza while she was cooking and peeling potatoes? With that massive knife. Ask me that first bit one more time. What was she cooking in season one, episode six? That was so terrible, and William had to teach her how to boil an egg. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely think that I definitely, from my point of view, he's, he's, it's just banter for him. He's just like slagging her off. You know, he's like definitely sort of needling. And I would say even as early as that, that first scene, you know, um, mm-hmm. because how, how badly really can you cook? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and I think, I think it was a, it was some sort of broth. I feel like it was some sort of super something. Yeah. So I don't think he's kind of been like, you can't cook. I think he is kind <laughs> of needling her like, Jesus, what? What the hell is that? What are you doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And I certainly like that idea of it. And um and then the other but I like Episode the three, you know, episode she, six. She's peeling potatoes with a of, massive, massive knife. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I really like that she sort of gets offended by it and he's and he's still sort of willing to um to slag her off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah he's just knife in her hand and we're just like oh I would not be messing with her when she's holding that exactly I know I know and she's peeling the potatoes towards her and I'm like this is a a recipe for disaster you need to take a thumb off there I need to get uh, a potato peeler on the go (laughs) why peel them I would say why peel them you know skin's on yeah I mean William will be practicing his first aid at the rate she's going with that's what I thought the next scene was going to be just a cute little he's bandaging her hand because she just cut off her thumb or something yeah that's kind of what you'd be looking for that sort of moment where like in in the cell 99 where exactly I know she's got no thumb left missed an opportunity Rachel Be in next season, yeah. So, we always kind of finish the podcast with a couple of fan questions, and we didn't necessarily want to give the game away too much. But a lot of what we've talked about is things that we've talked about in the group. Um, so we have got, but we have got some fan questions. Um, the first being that the fact that William grew up in the workhouse has been Mm -hmm. such a great source of discussion for us, it sparked its own fanfic challenge. Like, we all were kind of like what would that look like? Um, how do you think being in the workhouse has affected him and the fact that he has managed to remain so optimistic when you'd think he would, you know, that he never dwells on that too much. It's kind of like a fact and then he moves on. 
Yeah, I think I think everyone's built differently, and I think um, different people in that situation may dwell on it. But he just moves forward. He's always sort of been a forward thinker, and he just moves forward. He cracks on. He's you know, in modern terms, he's he's a, 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 a you know he's an optimist, and uh, you know I don't think he gets down. I don't think he sort of dwells on things too much but also his situation is very different you know he was removed from that life um you know quite an early age so it wasn't he you know he has had a tough life but yeah i i also think it's something you've got to keep hidden in the in the line of work that you're in not that he hides it but he just blocks it off because nobody's going to listen to it and it's unuseful to him you know i think he's it's it's unuseful but what he learned in there was useful. It's it sort of built him and made him and given him this grit and um, integrity and um, and a work ethic. So he understands what it is to 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 be employed and to be part of Scotland Yard and to be in this position of power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of responsibility. Yeah, he does seem to kind of be able to look at somebody and and make judgment calls in a different way than say maybe Phelps would yeah I think so and he uh he he's, he does he sort of has has ran around with these people when he was young those were uh those were his his peers so he also recognizes you know we see it a lot in interviews uh or those sort of end once we caught the uh the criminal um, you know those those kind of final eps where they come clean or where he recognizes um, that, that that you know the crime possibly wasn't their fault or it was they were in a tricky position. He recognizes that as Eliza does. You know he doesn't sort of go, "Well, you did wrong," so you know you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. But he you know also has to follow the law, and he's you know there's other eps where I'm thinking that he's sort of try to be lenient when he's understood that it was an impossible position or situation for that person and if you haven't been in that position and you haven't been there and in those shoes would you have that same sort of um, openness you know mm-hmm. yeah. I think if you've if you, you know he very easily could have been on the wrong side of the law and been sitting on the other side of that table so he recognises that when someone's been in that you know put in that position yeah. Lauren and Katie from the Instagram love to love romance. Oh, hi you guys. Know? Yeah, oh, you know them. them. I know them. Love them. <laughs> they ask, what are your thoughts on whether William would have continued to court Arabella or would he have concluded that he wants to be with Eliza himself? Hmm. Interesting question. Good question. Yeah, we sort of touched a bit on that, but that question is very different to what we touched on. I, look, I feel like, you know, Arabella is an incredibly strong um, person. She's, she's, you know, and she, that, she challenges him. She doesn't sort of let it, let it go, and and uh, just go. Well, you know, this is a good situation. She you knows she's. She wants 
it all. She wants all the love. She she doesn't want anything short of that, you know, as she should. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what they both want, isn't it? Arabella and William, they're like, this isn't enough. You know, I shouldn't have to, Arabella's saying, I, I shouldn't have to sort of compromise. Um, this this isn't enough. Um, you know, would everyone in that situation do the same? Probably not. It probably happened all the time and it still happens now where people sort of accept that and go, well, this is my life. But I don't think, even if Arabella sort of, uh, if her character was different and she had, you know, accepted that and gone, oh, it's fine. I sort of, you know, and never sort of admitted it, that she knew he um, loved or fancied or had feelings or for someone else. Um, I, th- I I do think William, I know that William, this would have sort of come out, he he would have called it, yeah. He 100% would have called it, Um, you know. And I don't think far down, you know, far down the road, he sort of, they would have moved. makes the heart grow fonder and, and with Eliza kind of pulling away, kind of I think he probably would have missed her a bit too much. Yeah, I just think he would have been, you know, in some ways he hasn't been, uh, it's not that he's not being honest, he's not with his thoughts. He just hasn't admitted those thoughts in a way to himself. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's a very real thing and and you can't sort of, he's not being malicious and going, I'm, uh, you know, I have these feelings for Eliza and I'm just going to pretend that they're not happening. I think in that moment, he's, he hasn't even thought about them. It's not until someone, you know, you've seen it before where someone goes, God, you're talking about them a lot. Are you in love with them? Just the way you're looking at them, it's a bit, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that person, their decision wasn't malicious or, oh, I'm just going to blindside them. I'm just going to sort of carry on and pretend that nothing's going on. I genuinely think he just hasn't really admitted it to himself uh, in, you know, with Arabella. And it's not until she says it, it sort of takes him off guard. And that, I think, is the thought after it where he goes, oh, shit, you've, you've <laughs> kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah. He's, there's a realization just as she says it it's not like oh you caught me it's more oh you know mm-hmm. um so i think he would have had that realization um you know when they were out that horrible realization when they were out for dinner uh you know a couple of weeks later or a month later or when they were chatting about marriage or something i think then he'd go what is this what is this feeling why is this not right you know yeah. i think that uh, I think that would have come up. So, yeah, great question. Um, so Mary from our Facebook group has asked, if Miss Scarlett and the Duke had a celebrity guest star, who would you want it to be and what kind of character would you like them to play? Oh, my goodness. Ian Perry. I would want Ian Perry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he already played one. Pick another yeah, one. Yeah, I want Ian Perry to come back and, uh, and play... Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. I mean, someone like, I don't know why, but like, oh, I was about to say, oh, Rick Mail, but, you know, um, Eddie Edmondson or, um, you know, Richard E. Grant or something like that. And he would be a great, um, superintendent, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Edmondson would be fun, wouldn't he? Definitely. From bottom. Any of the bottom cast coming in as a superintendent. <laughs> we approve. I'm not sure that anyone would keep a straight face. <laughs> no, I know. But to be fair, when you're doing stuff with uh, Ian Perry, our, uh, our uh, superintendent, 
uh, Monroe, he's he, he's very hard to keep a straight face with him. Very difficult. <laughs> See, I would like Sophie Rundle because I always amused oh. me that she played your wife in Jamestown and Kate's sister-in-law in Peaky Blinders. I know. I know. We need funny. to get her in a guest role. Yes, that, that is a great show. Yes, that is a great show. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's interesting, isn't it, of like, um, there's such fun you could have there, isn't there, with uh, with mates when they come over and, and visit you in in Belgrade, um, yeah, with cameos, yeah, maybe just like a walkthrough or like a dead exactly, body yeah. or something. Well, actually, I try. Joshy was meant to. Uh, Joshy was meant to do do like come on as uh, you know my 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 son. And, uh, and, and sort of do like an, a, you know, a, a sporting artist or whatever. And, uh, he tried the costume on, and, you know, it was a couple of years ago and he was very young and a bit shy. And I totally get it. I was like, do you want to do it? He's like, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. Aw, that would be cute. But now he's desperate. So maybe he could play, maybe he could play young Duke or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, young Elias. You know, he's versatile. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'd have to get him his own little bowler hat, though. Definitely. Yeah, and his own and his own trailer. He'd, he'd mm-hmm. have to have the biggest trailer. Uh, <laughs> of course, yeah. his own gym on set, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Rolling around like the Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll pay him in uh, chocolate biscuits. Definitely. <laughs> that's an easy paycheck. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I get paid. I don't know. It depends on how many chocolate biscuits get eaten. It could end up being quite expensive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the way he goes through them. <laughs> Well, Stuart, we appreciate you so much for spending oh, this time and answering our questions. You. We so. appreciate you guys and uh, and everyone, all the all the different um, all the different lovely fans on on Instagram and and the guys um, with the lovely questions. So thank you. It was um, it's really lovely. I love and uh, I was uh, yeah. I'm interested to. Uh, to see what I got wrong, basically. <laughs> luckily. <laughs> nothing luckily is I'm wrong. Not on no, anymore. There's nothing luckily. wrong. We accept well, all opinions. Diff- yeah, exactly. And also, you know, I, as a person, someone can say, this is, you know, this is how I think you're feeling. And you say, well, no, I was feeling like this. And actually, you know, that other person's probably right. It's the realization later on. And that's the great thing about these characters that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's um, opinion is really valid. Sometimes, uh, more than the the actors playing them or the director or you know <laughs> it, like you spot so many things don't you that that we haven't I'm um, sure so, yeah, we really probably cool. overthink things I must say we much. just have a lot of time and we overthink things no it's cool it's cool I love it it's, it's that thing of like easter eggs isn't it you know and finding out yeah. a little bit I have to say though Rachel and Ben are so sort of on it with a you know when you're trying to learn the scenes, especially when it's cases and you might be doing a couple of cases at the same time because you're filming it that way. And, uh, when, you know, when you have, I'm, I'm not a great line learner. So when I'm learning it, I really have to understand the case or I'm like, like it, I can't learn just the information. So I have to read it multiple times, multiple times, reading the episodes multiple times. Um, so you know it inside out before you can kind of start or I start learning it. And so often I'm like, Oh, does that, how does that fit into that? How does that? And I'll sort of, you know, the odd time text Rachel and go, it's, it said this at eight o'clock and should it not be seven o'clock? Cause they've just been there. And she go, no, it's eight o'clock because of this. So I've never, ever caught her out <laughs> ever. 
I mean, you would like be a great Scarleteer member. Oh my goodness! You it's would be, unbelievable. You would love tight to our discussions. Yeah, we I mean, I'm like. <laughs> we talk I mean, about things like that. We go, why is it eight o'clock and not seven o'clock? And then somebody would type in like it's seven o'clock because da 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 da. Yeah, Our know. members are so keen and the intellectual. They get the, you know, smallest details. We're like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. So, yeah. No, it's Our good. members Rachel, are amazing. Rachel and Ben, uh, it's like, uh, it's airtight. I found that um, the cases are so like, and you're like, oh, okay. I'm just not going to say anything because I'll be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's oh, no well, wrong. Thank opinion. you very much, guys. Thank you so much. And it's Scarlett. Really yeah, and Scarleteers, if you haven't joined us, uh, go to Facebook and look for Scarleteers Podcast. We're also on Instagram at Scarleteers Podcast. Um, our website is Scarleteers Word, Scarleteers com, where you can find all our episodes. So go there and check all the ones you've missed. Um, but that's it. Um, thank you, Stuart, for your time. And thank you so much. Yeah. And bye-bye for next time. See you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. See bye. You. bye, bye, bye. Thank you everybody for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod. Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.